So to an extent, private interest does serve the general public. It's not a bad thing that we are self-motivated. It's just basic human nature, right? So I found that really interesting when I was reading about this uh, production company for this acting gig I was considering applying for. You know, it was obviously a very power to the people kind of um, company and it was in the title of their production company. Yet their subject matter was, in my opinion, very backwards and shed a very ugly light on black culture. Yet they claimed to be for the cause. Why would they do that? Well, they figure they can make money from it, that it's more enticing. That's more enticing as a film. Based on what? I don't know what. You know, the world is always hungry for unique, interesting, original stories. You can tell a story about tic-tac-toe. The world's best tic-tac-toe player. How fucking interesting does that sound? But... Was that a clown car? But... How you tell the story of the world's greatest tic-tac-toe player is what counts. So you don't have to take the loose change. You don't have to take the crumbs and hash out these hack stereotypical characters and stereotypes and played out fucking, you know, depictions of black culture. Especially when you're claiming to be power to the people. Anyway. Walk one with your bad self. What's happening, player? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent June 24th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. I don't know. What in the bumbaclut fuck is it that incites a person to just make noise needlessly once the weather gets a little bit better? You know, it gets a little hotter, you know, layers of clothing start peeling off, you know, booties, breasticles, testicles. Just a swingin' makes a motherfucker get squawkin'. They be squawkin', boy. In my neighborhood, there's people that just like mill about outside, talking, talking, talking. I know you're outside, but must you use your outside voice? Can't you use a little inner common sense? Nobody wants to hear your hogwash. What are you babbling on like a fucking brook for? You know, streaming on like a fucking stream, you know, just squawking, talking, belly aching, bitching, <laughs> just driving me nuts. And I hate to shit the bed over this, folks, but it's really ruffling my feathers. See, I'm an artiste, a comic, you know, comedian, 
um, actor, thespian, amateur musician. A lot of what I do is based in sound, rhythm, nuance. You know, there's a part of me that while I don't go around preaching it, I know that while I do preach it quite a bit, I mean, here I am bellyaching about it. I guess I do bitch about it quite often, but there's a part of me that really cherishes the sound of music and the sound of silence. Because the sound that was written in my brain still remains the sound of silence. In endless streets I walk the boom, 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 down the streets of cobblestone, boom, boom, underneath the lamp of a street lamp, I turned my collar to the pouring damp, and my dick was itching in my crotch, playing hopscotch. You know, like the sound of silence or like the sound of music, man. The hills are alive with the sound of music. You know, give me that funk. Give me that fuzz or shut the hell up. One of the two. You know, I can't stand when a motherfucker just gets belly aching in public. You know? Or what about the uh, summer springtime cleanup? Every motherfucker with a weed whacker or a lawnmower, they can't stand the sound of silence, you know? <laughs> Cutting lawns, weed whacking all the live long day, it's driving me nuts. I got this other neighbor, I think they're like a meth dealer or something, you know? As of late, they've been like at all hours of the night, you know? And I'm talking like, on the hour, every hour, and within the hour. They're just cooking up a storm or doing something, you know, illegal or nonsensical, you know? Like, there's this, like, whirring, willing, wheezing sound of, like, a motor. Like, a very high-pitched buzzing of a motor. Like, I don't want to get any higher than that because it's really piercing to the ear. Like, I can hit the pitch, I can replicate the sound, but I don't want to do it because it, you know, for for my dear listeners of JR the P, I don't want to molest your eardrums, you know, give you an eargasm. But, like, there's, like, this sound on the hour, every hour, within the hour. I'm talking well into, like, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I was creeping around on YouTube last night, you know, couldn't really sleep. And I heard him, sure as shit, just making a kerfuffle, making a mess, a nuance, a noise disturbance, type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach, you know? What is it about hot weather that brings out the loud, noisy, unthinking craziness in a person? Also the, also the mentally deranged. They be coming, boy. Watch the fuck out. They be coming. Soon as that, soon as that sun starts a shining, they're popping out of dumpsters, popping out of bushes. Hey, hey, uh, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. 
stumbling around, bitching, whining, belly aching, guffawing, gagging, you know? Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. But yet, you know, not a chicken peep, you know? Not so much as a mouse fart out of them once the weather gets cold. It's too cold to be crazy. <laughs> Minus 20? Ah, fuck it, I'm not crazy today. <laughs> Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. Anyway, folks, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self. Y'all the dear listener. Y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. <clears throat> we also talk about like current events, entertainment, politics, you know, the social strata. The times of the times, folks. You can't go wrong. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, you're getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles. If you are digging the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. <laughs> yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When you get squawking under them lights, boy, it gets hot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you are a returning guest to JR the P, if you're a new guest to JR the P, if you do know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, I am an actor extraordinaire. Yes. That's been to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it, you know. I've uh, been on the job hunt. I've uh, been on the trail, you know. Um, I subscribe to an online actor's job database. They post various paid work. Um, commercials, feature film, short film, documentary, print ad advertisement, social media campaigns, the whole kit and caboodle, you know, the whole wackadoo. So, you know, I subscribe to this site and um, a part of me thinks that it's very much a sort of a industry within an industry. You know, it's like you need experience, you need to work to get experience, but in order to get experience, you need to work. It's one of those cycles. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it, on one hand, yes, it's opportunity, paid work. Also, unpaid work, opportunities to, you know, do independent film, you know, bust your cherry, bust your chops out, you know, do some, you know, work to up your profile to, you know, give you experience to build you a resume, a catalog. So yeah, there's like opportunities and there's also paid opportunities. But the thing is, it seems like an industry within an industry. It's like 
It preys upon people's desire to be in showbiz. These online actor job banks, job data banks. I mean, what are these gigs? They're like, you know, we're shooting for a COVID-19 commercial, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, the uh, benefits of getting vaccinated, you know? Which are what exactly? You know, I don't want to get into a diatribe about COVID-19, but suffice to say, COVID-19 is a political weapon used to disrupt global economies and gain control for whatever nefarious reason. Bunch of mumbo-jumbo, baloney, hogwash. Over 80% of people who contract it can recover without any particular special treatment. It affects the elderly, the overall overweight, and pre-existing health conditions, all of which, to a certain degree, is state of mind. You only healthy as you feel, folks. You know, if you want to lay around bitching and bellyaching and whining, oh, I'm going to die, I got COVID. Well, then maybe you will. You know, a lot of health in the naturalistic, holistic sense is state of mind. That's very important. It's like the philosophy, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Maintain your health. You know, don't let some dickhead, dildo, pundit, dummy, doorknob, nobody, you know, on a fucking news program full of lies and deception, tell you what is best for your own personal health. They don't give a fuck. They're trying to make money and gain power and influence because they're egotists, self-centered and cynical, and self-absorbed to the max. Fuck you. But listen to me is basically what they're saying. Anyway, folks, you got all these dildo fucking COVID-19 commercial auditions, all these dummy wackadoo fucking doorknob, you know, it's like you pay to be on these actor job databases and it's an industry within an industry. Like whoever sets up and facilitates these different websites They're making money off of people's desire to be in an industry when a lot of the work that is posted, kind of meaningless. But then again, that is my own cynical outlook and approach. That is why I am subscribed to these databases. I'm trying to be a little bit more open-minded, willing to work with what is before me. You know what I mean? Because it ain't easy mounting a successful production. It's not even easy to mount a shitstorm production. It takes a lot of work, time, effort, moving hands, cooperation. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into film production. It's not like snapping your finger and hoop-de-doo, we have a movie, right? There's a lot in play there. So I'm trying to keep an open mind and work with it the best I can. Something very interesting in that industry as well is, um, for example, I saw a paid opportunity for a feature film. It was a pretty interesting role. But it had a lot of social ramifications attached. Now, I ain't going to blow up the name of the company. It's a production company uh, here in Canada. Um, I don't know too much about them. I briefly researched them, but there ain't no point in me blowing up their spot. 
But suffice to say, it's kind of in the vein of, you know, critical race theory, that's what, that which has been in the news lately, critical race theory, systemic racism, inequality amongst the races, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, that whole movement, right? So it was kind of ironic. There was a bit of a duality because on one hand, this company is preaching the idea of, you know, abolishing stereotypes and barriers and systematic racism and X, Y, and Z, right? They, they, it's right in the title of their production company. It's a very um, polarizing title. Like they named their production company something that is quite polarizing. You know, it's not like bubblegum productions. It's like, da-da-da, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And, you know, possibly a part of some fucking radical terrorist organization company. You know, I'm not going to give the name of the company, but as I say, it's a very polarizing name. And there's this, this dichotomy, this like juxtaposition, this somewhat backward mixed message because they, they have this very progressive social justice sort of power to the people name for their production company. Yet their own chosen material, subject matter, and production is very, very um, stereotypical. Like I'm reading the breakdown. It's for like a black, they're looking, they're casting a bunch of black actors. And like the, the characters that they wrote in this production that they're producing, and it's all under their vision. Yet it's like completely stereotypical and it, it paints black people in such a negative light. And it's like they're basically going for that hip hop or I guess the sex, drugs and rock and roll hip hop vibe. Yet it portrays a very negative outlook on black people, black culture. So it was very funny. It's like, well, what are you saying? What are you really saying? And, you know, that goes back to my point that I believe that we live in a cynical world. A cynical world motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. Who cares about Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter activists. They can make money from it. Who cares about gay rights? Gay lords. They can make money from it. They can you know, push their, their sexual agenda by it. That's why they care about it. Who cares about feminism? Feminists. They can make money from it, push their feminist agenda, whine, little diddly dum diddly do, get a paycheck. Nobody really cares. It's self-centered to the core. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Quickly here, I'll say... Um, an idea that I got from the economist Walter E. Williams. You know, private interest serves the general public. Why in the fuck does a farmer wake up in the middle of the night? You know, he's feeding chickens. You know, he's plucking 
cows, he's porking fucking walruses, whatever the fuck they do on a farm. Why does he get up in the middle of the night to do that? Because he cares about society with a benevolent, altruistic point of view? Because he cares whether or not the little kids get milk and juice boxes and, you know, fucking whole grains at lunchtime? No. They get up in the middle of the night to do that because they can make money selling their product, their own agriculture, by the sweat of their own brow. So to an extent, private interest does serve the general public. It's not a bad thing that we are self-motivated. It's just basic human nature. Right? So I found that really interesting when I was reading about this uh, production company for this acting gig I was considering applying for. You know, it was obviously a very power to the people kind of um, company and it was in the title of their production company yet their subject matter was in my opinion very backwards and shed a very ugly light on black culture yet they claimed to be for the cause why would they do that well they figure they can make money from it that it's more enticing that's more enticing as a film based on what i don't know what you know the world is always hungry for unique interesting original stories you can tell a story about tic-tac-toe the world's best tic-tac-toe player how fucking interesting does that sound but was that a clown car but how you tell the story of the world's greatest tic-tac-toe player is what counts. So you don't have to take the loose change. You don't have to take the crumbs and hash out these hack stereotypical characters and stereotypes and played out fucking, you know, depictions of black culture. Especially when you're claiming to be power to the people. Anyway. Yeah, I'm talking a little bit longer about this than I intended to, but it's kind of interesting. Because, like, another thing, too, what I saw during that time of, um, if y'all recall, hashtag Oscar so white, if you remember that movement, what I saw happen there was, you know, on one hand, it's, oh, we're fighting for these equal opportunities of blah, 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 da, 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 and da, da, da. Come on, give me a break. It's like everything, motivated by self-interest. What it's really doing is it created a checkbox, you know? We want some stereotypical brother, stereotypical sister that looks and acts a certain way. And if they tick all these boxes, then you can get involved with the Hollywood machine. And if not, your ass is out the door standing next to a bunch of disgruntled people who are like, yo, what the fuck's with the black community complaining, bitching, whining, and bellyaching about not getting any film work when the reality of film is it's a precarious industry. Nice work if you can get it. You can get it if you try. You basically got to bust your ass, bust your hump, and no one gives a dog shit goddamn about you. Sorry, Lord. Hate to bring the Lord into this, but 
No one gives a fuck about you in show business. That's across the board. So when you're crying for breadcrumbs at the table, you know, up on your haunches like a fucking walrus, <laughs> give me a fucking fish. Nobody cares. All right? That's across the board. So I saw a lot of resentment come out of the hashtag Oscar so white movement. I could feel it, you know, you would you would interact with various actors, you'd be at auditions, you'd be doing like independent gigs, and you could you could almost see the resentment in people's eyes like, oh, here's another black actor, bet you he's got this or that over me cuz of whatever, did like it doesn't breed a sense of unity. Oh, hooray, everybody gets a job. And what that all comes down to me is the sense of artistry. You know, it's just doing what you do because you believe in what you do. It's the story you want to tell. It's the motivation behind your performance. And, I mean, yes, I guess if you're true to your politic and that's what you want to express, express it. But it's kind of hypocritical to, you know... It would be as if there was like a feminist uh, production company, Fem Productions, and they produce a fucking gangbang fucking run on a train porn, you know? We are feminists who produce fucking gangbuster bukkake porn, you know? You take one hapless single white female in a room of fucking 20 black baboons and they fucking skull fuck her and bukkake jizz all over her fucking face. We're a feminist production company. Does that make any fucking sense? So that's what I'm talking about with this audition that I came up against. Against. See, that's my outlook. Everybody's against me. But the opportunity that I had to audition for this film, it's like... They talk about being socially conscious, yet their production was just dripped in the typical, stereotypical, ugly aspect, projection, depiction of black folk that have been going on since the fucking, you know, black exploitation film era, which is a dope era, but still, you know, stereotypes. One thing along the vein of artistry, though, um, I've been working hard, busting my chops, doing my own productions. Um, I'll post a link. I do like audio plays. Check out this these links. It's on my channel, JR the P Snips on YouTube. I do these audio plays. And recently, like last night, I was listening to a couple from the past, a couple that I had done previously, and I forgot, like, wow, these are so cool. Like, I've always been very inspired by... Radio theater, theater of the mind, you know, old time radio. And I've been doing those for a minute now. And I got a couple projects that I'm working on. And they take a lot of time, thought, consideration, craftsmanship. And I'm very happy to do them. And um, while I am open to opportunities as an actor and meeting and networking with people, which is relatable across industry, you have to be open to meeting people and working and growing. It's not always easy. You just want to do your own thing. I'm making efforts to stay open, 
but I'm also working on my own productions. So check out those um, audio plays, some of the ones that I've done before. They're on my GR the P Snips playlist on my YouTube channel. And also I'm working on a new batch. Got a couple other ones coming up. So um, very excited. All in a day's work. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yeah. I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, I've been busting my ass, folks. You know, um, it's like, there's like, it's a, <laughs> fucking cack on my tongue it takes a lot of work and you don't always know what the end product's going to be but when you're in for the long haul and you love what you do it's no big deal it's water off a duck's ass quack if you dip through the lexicon of J.R. the P there have been many phases in my stand-up comedy career you know um I talk about all the times that, you know, when I was in the field, you know, pre-COVID, when I was in the field doing open mics, trying to get it, trying to get in at comedy clubs, producing my own shows, Our Righteous Mike, that took a lot of time, effort, and energy, and due diligence. And oftentimes I find myself forgetting the hard work that I've put in. And, um, you know... The, the nature of the beast, it's, you know, all will be revealed in time and nobody's going to pat you on the back for a job that you're supposed to do. I mean, I'm supposed to do that. That's what a comic does. They bust their ass. They do as many shows as they can. They try to get better with their craft. They try to produce their own opportunities. That's what a comic's supposed to do. So, you know, of course, I shouldn't expect a pat on the back for that. But sometimes... It's kind of funny and it blows my mind to think of the things I've done. Really. Producing my own shows. The countless mics I've done. The uh, groundedness I feel. It's kind of like um, when you know you can play the guitar, but you're just waiting for a new song. Waiting for inspiration. I'd imagine it would be something like that. Like for example... You know, let's say, I don't know, um, fucking Tupac Shakur. You know, he writes a rhyme. You know, it's just the ballad of a dead soldier. You know, he writes a rhyme or whatever. Lays down a track. Dope. It's done. Okay, well, he knows he can rap, but he needs to get on to the next thing. You're only as funky as your last cut. So it's kind of like that with me where it's like, I know I'm dope, but... I just got to like get over to that next plateau. And that's why I've been working so damn hard lately. Um, I've been writing, writing noon and night, cultivating some ideas, doing my ting, putting in that leg work, you know, that type of shit that nobody really wants to do. I mean, everybody wants to show up on a major podcast or, you know, headline all these A rooms and sell out coliseums. Who doesn't want to do that? But who the hell wants to sit around and write jokes all the live long day, busting their ass, right? I've um, recently done this new regiment. Um, I bought I bought this lawn chair, and it has a canopy. 
it's a real fucking awesome kind of dorky little thing. I'll post a picture, you know, and what I do is I go out to a nice tranquil spot in a park and I set up and I sit down and I get to cracking, cracking funny, cracking foxy, you know, pen to paper, pen to pad. And, um, you know, I've been doing that quite on the regular and, um, you know, it's just something that I, that um, any comic should do, whether or not your style is one of writing. Like I tend to, I tend to, you know, I'll write a concept, a bullet point, and a lot of times then I'll take that bullet point and those little scraps and I'll take it on stage and work with it. Sometimes I write things out long form and whatever your process is, um, there is something very valuable about sitting down and putting that pen to pad and trying it long form. You know, there is something very valuable in that and tranquil. And um, I've just been enjoying that lately. I actually got shit on by a bird. In the midst of it, funny enough, right on that canopy, you know, the little red canopy I showed you in the picture. <laughs> I was sitting there, and then all of a sudden I heard, it's like, what in the fucking world? I get out of the chair and I look, fucking bird shat on me. That's good luck. That means I'm about to turn a corner, turn a corner somehow in what I do. You know, it's good luck when a bird shits on you, right? I remember one time I was doing a fucking comedy uh, contest, stand-up comedy contest. And all the comics were standing outside the venue and, you know, oh, oh I really want to win. Oh, yeah. We're all nervous, you know, tittering, jittering, bugging out. Oh, who's going to win the comedy contest? Oh, this is my moment. This is my shot to win 50 bucks and be at some fucking shitty club, you know? And... um. <laughs> Um, one of the comics standing there gets shit on by a bird. Bird flies by and shits on this dude. Plop. We're like, oh my God, that's good luck. That's good luck. I was looking at him, right? I'm like, that is good luck. All the dumb luck this motherfucker gets shit on. Sure as shit, he won that night. And then he was the best comic for the night, obviously. You know, he was funny. I mean... In my mind, I'm funnier, obviously. That's the mentality of a fighter, an MC, a rapper, a comic, a individual. We're fighters. So, of course, I think I'm better than him. But uh, <laughs> he, he won that night anyway. And uh, all because he got shot on by a bird, you know. Bird shit, you know. Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. So, anyways, there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. Quick sip of coffee. Water. Water break, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's going on with me? This one's kind of more of a looser one. The news has been pretty boring lately. You know, now that they've come down off of the COVID-19 and things are opening up and restrictions are being loosened and the leash has been given some slack, well, what the fuck is there to talk about, right? 
So we got to wait until some other bullshit gets drummed up. But anyway, um, I'm on the job hunt, as I alluded to in the past previous episodes. Um, I quit a shipping and receiving job that I was doing. And I've been on the job hunt and things are looking good. I'm on the mend. And one thing that I failed to mention, and it's quite important, why I talk so much about the work world is, um, and I'll make this brief, the value of mental freedom. That is why I stress and harp and badger on this point. Because many times in a job, if you take the gumption and the fortitude and the initiative to learn your role, to learn your job, and you do it efficiently, oftentimes in the nine-to-five world, that's not enough. Because what the company is truly about, and it may not even be something they're conscious of, it may just be something that is basic human nature that's coming out of the boss, the manager, the supervisor, that basic human nature is ego, control. A lot of times it's not even about the job, these conflicts that I have. It's about control. You know, it's like I'm given my orders, I fulfill my orders, but yet and actually, a lot of times, it's not even the boss or the supervisor. It's just like some lowly co-worker, some dickhead that has nothing to do with my paycheck. You know what I mean? It's like when I take a job, I consider it my duty to fulfill the needs of my employer, my manager, my supervisor. That makes sense to me. Because if they're happy with my work, then my work day is easy. If I am always at odds with my supervisor, manager, employer, then my workday is hard. That's pretty much common sense. So I always look to serve my employer, manager, or supervisor. But where my ass gets chapped, where my feathers get rustled, it's when some dickhead nobody doorknob, it's usually some disgruntled coworker, they make your life miserable. Blah, 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 talking at you. And mental freedom is so important. Because that's what makes your dreams come alive. Right? Like I am, what I am renting to a company or employer is my work, my physical work, whether that be in the form of physical labor, whether that be in the form of some intellectual service like um, an accountant or something like that. You are renting your work to them, but you're not giving them your soul slash mental freedom, the mental freedom, the freedom of your mind and soul. You're not selling that yet. That's what they always come for. Why? Out of control. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, protocol of the company state. Cut the shit. Am I not doing my job? Shut the fuck up. Why are you up on me like this? I hope I'm being clear about that. You know, um, 
it's a bit of a rambling rant, but uh, it's the idea that your mental freedom, at least for me as a artist, is paramount. It's like, okay, I am renting out my services. I agree to go and give my service to a company. I am a general laborer. I do all the tasks that they want. Fine. But they cross the fucking line when they start blah, 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 Jonathan this, Jonathan that. Protocol, procedure, micromanaging, control. And there's never a point to it. The point is basically we're watching you, we're controlling you, and we want to make sure you're in line. Is everything going okay? What's going on over here? How's that? Did you do this? Did you do that? Everything you just said is obvious, and you're only saying it to control me. How many times have you experienced that when manager, supervisor, customer, co-worker, they talk in, but there ain't no point? You're like a dumb life that just ain't gotten. Talking loud, but not saying nothing. Saying nothing. Like a dull knife that just ain't cutting. Talking loud but ain't saying nothing. They ain't saying nothing. It's all about control. To keep you focused on them. And a lot of that is their own fear that, you know, if they don't crack the whip, they won't get the most work out of a employee Or if they don't crack the whip, they won't get the employee to stay indefinitely. When it's like, well, if you give people a little bit of breathing room. I think a more positive thing might surface. You know, I mean, if you got a person who's already disgruntled and you treat them like shit, it's going to be even worse. If you got a person who, you know, they're trying to work through the thing and do their thing. If you give them some breathing space. They can appreciate the job for what it is, do the best they can, and in turn, show the same respect to the company that the company shows them. The company treats them properly, and it's a, it's a place where they can earn money and do work and be and feel like they have value and somewhat personal sovereignty in their life. They can do their job, and then if it's time for them to move on, they can do so in a peaceful way. Put in their two weeks notice, perhaps even recommend a replacement, things along that nature. But when you bear down and control and micromanage the living shit out of people, they become resentful and they fucking flee the first chance they get. And mental freedom is so important for a person who, like for myself, I'm an autist. I need that time to be in my head. That's where I create from. Like, duh. You know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about comedy. I'm thinking about performing. I'm, I'm living my truth, so to speak. And when people get badgering at me, they impose upon that space that I need to create. Same with the person who is like, you know, maybe a little bit more business-minded or whatever a little bit more family orientated, whatever's on their mind. When you invade that space outside of the job detail, you're invading their mental freedom and their sense of self and they resent the job. They resent the work. So 
you know, I haven't really mentioned that aspect, the mental freedom and why it's so valuable. It's because that's where the life truly is for a person, I think, in my opinion. You know, you need a little bit of space. I mean, it should be enough that if I'm hired, I show up, I'm pleasant, and I do the job, that should be enough. Any back chat, any double chat from people outside of those parameters is nonsensical. So what my duty is, is to not be moved to anger and resentment towards my fellow man for their stupidity and imposing nature when they do this shit on me, see it for what it is, an arbitrary lie, not be moved by it, stick to my guns, focus on what I'm crafting, focus on what I'm doing. It's not always easy, folks. And I hope that's relatable to anybody out there, you know? I don't think a lot of times people often stop and think about it. Like, think. Think of all the mental baggage that comes with a job outside of the job. First of all, if you, if, let's say you start work at 9 a.m. Well, you have to take the due diligence to wake up to get to work on time. Then you have to change. Then a lot of times you got to wear a uniform. Then a lot of times you get to work and there's things that you have to, have to know. Right? What the job procedures, the tasks of the day. There's a lot of stuff that's mentally asked of you on top of just the actual work that you have to produce. You know? There's a lot of mental space a job occupies that goes well beyond the payment. A certain mental space that it occupies in your head. A place in your personal timetable you have to commit to show up to that job. It's in your life. It's in your timetable. There's a lot of sacrifice the average worker has to give to a job. And if they don't want to be in that job forever, if they want to level up and work for themselves or raise and rise to higher accomplishments, then, or if they just want to tend to their personal life without the influence interference of a corporation they need that mental space just because i i rent my services to a company doesn't mean i'm selling my soul to them and a lot of times that seems like that's what they want your soul enough (laughs) you know you get the point but um anyway it's on my mind you know, we here at JR the P don't shy away from these topics. You know, I'm not just going to blindly walk into some stupid situation where we own you. <laughs> so, anyway, keeping an open mind. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you get too far ahead of yourself in your mind, The goal line seems so far away. It's like a marathon that never ends. But um, day by day, these things add up. And there's a garbage truck 
whizzing by my apartment, if y'all can hear that. I tell you, people can't calm the fuck down during nice weather. I know you got to go collect garbage, make your money, but like still. Ugh. It's unbelievably how it's unbelievable how noisy the world is, man. I think I need to move to like Neptune or some shit. Anyway, you know, keeping an open mind, taking it day by day, not getting too ahead of myself. And if that's relatable to any of y'all, um, you know, that's what today is. JR the P, you know, a day by day. You know, today is just another working day. And I'm very blessed and fortunate to do it. Till next time. Till next time, folks. Thank you for your viewership. Joel Chuckle Buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on this magnificent um June twenty fourth in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty one. Some funny things in there, some just personal diatribes and rants and raves. Uh, I don't know. You figure it out. The show again is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, y'all. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Alright? Peace.